With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. It's great to be with you again, and uh, we're continuing to, to go through this, this book that a friend of mine wrote called The American Covenant. And I know a lot of you are trying to find that book. And uh, just just hold on, hold on for about 10 days. He's, he's updating it and uh, getting a few things in order with some extra chapters, some special features. And you're really going to love the updated version once it comes out. So I'm in a friend's house here in Montecito. Uh, and uh, this has been just a great time because I've been talking with a friend named Dean Wilson. And, and uh, he runs a TV show called The Good Life. In fact, I got a, I got a mug here that says The Good Life. And... You know, we've been talking about the good life for the last 20 days together. What is the good life that we enjoy here in America? Well, I'll tell you what it's about. It's about life, about liberty, and about the pursuit of happiness. I mean, you come here and, and life is honored and valued. It should be. We have liberty. That's why people are, are breaking down the door to get in here. And the ability to pursue happiness, that is to... to to, to worship God and to pursue his ways that lead to our blessing, provide for our families and, and, and enjoy the blessing of God's goodness. And uh, I'm, I'm reading in the next chapter here of this book and, 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 and it's pointing out such an important thing. You know, this whole concept of, of the good life, of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that is a very rare and precious thing and it's unique to the Christian view of man. Now, I want to really uh, unpack this for you. You see, for for thousands and thousands of years, the pagan view of man, the the non-Christian, the the non-biblical view of man is very different than this idea that man is is valuable and precious to God and, and has the right to live and the right to liberty and the right to pursue happiness and have property. That's a very biblical concept. You don't get that out of Marxism. You don't get that out of socialism, communism. Even the evolutionary worldview doesn't provide for those those values and virtues that you and I treasure. Throughout history, the individual person is not so important. It's, It's the fact that you're part of the big thing that's important that mattered to the kings and the emperors. The individual person is just like... Well, think of it like this. The individual subject of a kingdom or or a citizen of a nation was submerged into their tribe or their nation, and their uniqueness was not valued. In fact, they were just a little tiny cog in the machine, but there's millions more. And so if you get snuffed out, if you're not there, that doesn't matter because there's millions more to replace you. And you become as anonymous as a grain of sand. But not to God. God in his word has a completely different view of you as an individual. In fact, when God made uh, the world, he says in the very beginning of the story 
of history. History is his story. And we read in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he created, I like to say this, this triple-decker universe. Like, think of it like a three-story house. So if you can visualize this, uh, you've got the upper chambers here of the sky, the heavens. You've also got the, the, the main floor, if you will, of the land. And you've got the basement or the sea beneath the land. That's kind of how God lays it out when he describes the world. And in this three-story house, he fills all three stories with the sun and the moon and the stars and the birds of the air. And in the land, you've got the animals, the creeping, crawling things, the cattle, the plants, everything. And then in the sea, you've got the, the swimming creatures. And then... God makes a special creature separate from the rest. This isn't a, a, a fish that grew legs. This isn't an overarching worm, uh, you know, or, or, or anything like that. This is a creature that he made in his own image. This is a creature that would bear the, the very image of his creator. And he called him man. And he gave him a beautiful place to live. He's in a garden, much like kind of what I'm in right now. And then he gave him a great job and he's, and, and, and you read the story and he's, he's, he's given the task of naming all of the animals. He's, he's categorizing them. And so as you can imagine, here is Adam, man in the garden and he's naming the cats and the dogs and the birds and the cattle and the sheep and the goats. And, and I like to think that no doubt he was noticing there were some differences between some of the animals and other animals, not just in their kinds, but in their, well, some of them were male dogs and some were female dogs, right? Some were male uh, goats and others were female goats. Let, let me ask you a question. What do you think must have dawned on him after about 10 minutes of this categorizing process? I don't know. I'm just guessing he may have asked the question, where... Where's the girl? Where's everybody else has a counterpart? Where's where where's where's mine? And that's the point in the story where God says it is not good that Adam is alone. And then he drops him into a deep sleep. He opens up his side, removes some flesh or, or a rib and creates another creature. A woman. And closes Adam back up and then brings her to him and then Adam opens his eyes can you imagine the thrill that must have filled that man's heart when he saw Eve in all of her glory <laughs> I mean t talk about an upgrade from the sheep and the goats right and 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 her I mean she was beautiful and you know what made the whole thing so magical so beautiful and romantic there was no Heather, no Janet, no Jane, only Eve. She was the only woman on the planet for him, literally. And he couldn't have been happier. Think about that. And he was the only man for her. And they knew that they were God's perfect design for one another. And then God told them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth right? To, to, uh, to have lots of babies and then to take dominion or to govern or to order and beautify and cultivate all that God had made. He put them in charge of everything. He made them male and female and put them in charge to govern all of God's creation and to take care of it. 
That right there tells us so much about the value that God places on a man and on a woman. He didn't create a, 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 a government of a nation in that garden. He didn't even create a church. He created individuals, a man and a woman, and he created the family. And through that family would be God's plan of heavenizing the earth as they subdued it and beautified it and took all of the raw, wild uh, materials that God had made and began to order them after the patterns of heaven. What a great story. God values the individual. And God also values the caring of his creation. I wrote down here that uh, God's first words to his highest creation created in his image were to comprehensively care for his creation. Let me ask you a question. Is that command still in force today? Are you and I, right now, wherever you are, uh, are, are in, in Montecito, California, or in Ohio, or Florida, Texas, or North Carolina, wherever you are, are you and I, as creatures made in the image of God, still responsible for caring for his creation? Yes, we are. In fact, he repeated that command to Noah after he got off the ark. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, take dominion over all of these things. If that's true, then you and I cannot escape the responsibility for the condition that the world's in right now. This is our job. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think Traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian Healthcare Ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. But what happened? We keep reading the story and we find out that man lost sight of the value of individual people and started to oppress his neighbor instead of loving his neighbor. He began to enslave his neighbor and steal from his neighbor. You see, right out of the gates, Cain kills Abel. He kills his brother. And then they start realizing that rather than killing my brother, I can make my brother my slave and have him work for me. And losing the value for the individual person, man in his own selfishness started to enslave other individuals. And then instead of caring for the creation that God had entrusted to him, what does he do? Well, in his selfishness, 
he starts to twist and pervert the command and starts endless wars in order to take the land and the gold and the goods of God's creation that he is supposed to be stewarding and caring for and using to bless his neighbor. This is the great big problem that we find ourselves in today. We've gotten away from God's value of you and your, and your family members and your neighbors as individuals created in his image. And we've gotten away from caring for his creation. Some people might be interested in caring for the climate or caring for polluted waters. And that's great. But all of God's creation includes caring for the arts, for politics and government. We have civil, civic responsibilities, caring for our marriages, caring for our families, caring for business, caring for national defense, caring for the church. All of it's part of God's creation. None of it is outside of the realm of what God has called us to take care of. This is, this is a big responsibility. And then what did, what did man do even worse than, than, than not caring for individual people and not caring for his creation? Then man turns his back on God himself and forgets about God and then creates his own false gods and begins to worship those made out of wood and steel and stone. I mean, this is just a, a, a story that goes from bad to worse. God starts with Adam. Things didn't go well. He didn't govern himself under God's uh, principles. Either did Noah. Ultimately, that went from bad to worse. Then God picks an individual named Abraham and says, we're going to do this differently. And I'm paraphrasing, but through Abraham and through his wife, God was going to give birth to a brand new nation of individuals who would share the faith of Abraham. And through that family, through that nation, God would use them to reconcile the reconcile all of mankind back into a right relationship with him. And he would do it by faith. And he gave them everything that they needed to accomplish the mission. He gave them his laws. He gave them how to do family, how to do church. And even more than that, he gave his own presence. He gave his own presence to this man and this woman and to their descendants who, by the way, he said, would, would be more numerous than the stars in the sky, more numerous than the grains of sand on the shores. And none of them would be anonymous. God would know each one of them personally, individually, uniquely. That's why he knows you. That's why he knows me. We're part of the family of faith. If we have the faith of Abraham and God values you individually as a treasure, that's the Bible's view of the good life. Knowing God, enjoying him forever, knowing why you're here and playing your role well on the stage of the world right now, because now's when he's called us out on the stage to act in love and kindness and courage. And we can have confidence that the author of this story 
knows how to make sure that the good guys win. So great to be with you again tonight, and I'm going to pick up again tomorrow in the next chapter of uh, the American Covenant because the story is getting really, really good. And, and I hope that you'll share this stuff with your kids and with your neighbors. And if you have neighbors who've not yet joined us around the campfire, uh, consider inviting them. You know, this isn't too churchy, right? I'm in the backyard with the campfire. This is uh, about the fact that we love our country. We're not getting, getting, getting weird and saying that America is some chosen nation or it's a chosen race of people or a certain denomination of, of Christianity. No, we're saying people who turn their hearts fully to God will find him because he will reveal himself to them, just like he did to you and me. And that's what we need. We need to be a nation of individuals who recognize that God is in control, he loves us, and he has a plan not only for our, our, our own lives, but for our families and for our nation. Thanks so much, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me again tonight. God bless you guys. Keep praying for each other. Check out the comments, and I uh, hope you'll make this a regular part of your schedule like I am. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.